How's it going, everyone? Uh, this is Andrew with the Greatest City in the World podcast. I'm here uh, with, again, Mike Rizzo. You were one of the very first guests on the podcast well. last year, so <laughs> we're coming full circle now. Uh, why don't you uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, those people that don't know you? Well, uh, you caught me off guard with that question. I know. Uh, I well, didn't tell you I was going to ask you that, but <laughs> I figured we better introduce you. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm Mike Rizzo. Hello. Um, I've lived in Catani my entire life. Uh, I'm good friends with Andrew. Uh, we we're also on DKI together. And um, yeah, so I have a passion. I want to make sure Catani, uh, and I'm invested in Catani because I have a family, right? I want to right. make sure the town um, progresses and, and, and beca- becomes an even better place to live. Uh, as Andrew will discuss, I've been working on identifying and researching the top towns in America, which has been a lot of fun for me. My background is, is, is marketing uh, and digital marketing specifically. Um, Luckily for me, I've got to uh, work with some of the biggest companies and brightest people in the world, and I've got to travel a lot of the country too. So doing this doing this research has been really exciting for me. So yeah, and uh, probably a year a year or so ago, maybe we started. Maybe not quite a year, but probably nine months ago, we started talking about this idea, Catani 300, that you brought to me originally, and it's this idea that by our 300th birthday. As a city of Catanning, we want to be on one of the greatest small towns in America list. And so uh, I started to uh, really harp on that through the channel a few months ago. And um, I made videos on four big points of things that we needed to fix. And then Mike's been going through all these lists of best small towns in America and trying to figure out what is it that they have? Like, yeah. what is it that they have that, we, that we're missing uh, that we need to, to kind of accomplish to, to get there? And so... Uh, the plan is to go through one of these lists each each and every podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll have a maybe a seven eight part series on how to be the the greatest city in the world. And um, I think it's going to be really great. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm super thrilled because it's we're actually focusing on a a goal that's quantifiable. Right, right. <laughs> getting on one of these lists, uh, having Catania recognized as one of the greatest towns in America, or best towns in America. Uh, it's a great vision. It's yeah. inspiring. I think people can get behind it. And uh, as you said, we hope to go through each list. There's about eight of them that, that uh, are frequently updated on an annual basis yeah. um, that we've identified and I've been researching. And then I'd love to package it t- together at the end with some form of kind of presentation on that we can share with everyone and even share with other towns if they want to uh, read it. Uh, what, what all the findings kind of compiled into a readable report with you know some numbers and statistics as well. Right. Share with local business groups, uh, local government, all those kinds of things, and sure. and try to come up with a really quantifiable plan. Because uh, like you said, uh, we were just talking about before the podcast, uh, 2027 seems like it's a long ways away, but a lot of those 2027 lists will be compiled in 2016. And so really, we only yeah. have seven years from now, and yeah. 2019 so We're the back half of 2019. It's halfway over already. So we, so. we have uh, to get to December of 2026 to, right. <laughs> to have everything in line, I think. Yeah. So um, just to kind of reiterate, uh, to go back to four big points that I've been, that I've been talking about, and um, these will, this will kind of lead into the rest of our conversation. Uh, number one has been cleaning up blight in, in Catanning. And so uh, I did just did several videos on that. We've been doing summer serve projects as a church and uh, doing everything that we can from a, from a church perspective. And uh, now the city codes enforcer has actually uh, become a huge ally in that fight. And I, I really believe that we're making some significant progress on the blight in the residential areas and um, hopefully soon to be in, in commercial, uh, mm-hmm. the commercial zones in Catanning as well. Uh, number two is the uh, the problem of uh, opioid addiction and the opioid problem. Uh, that we are uh, kind of in the initial stages of coming up with a with a workable plan. 
but um, I do believe that that's solvable as well. Uh, number three, which I know we're, is going to come up significantly, is how to fill up the empty empty storefronts downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you drive down Market Street and even some of the side streets, there's just way too many empty buildings uh, for us to be considered the greatest city in the world or right. best small town in America. And empty homes. There's empty homes as lot, well. A lot of empty homes, yeah. And then uh, the last one is uh, effective and efficient local government, which I know we're going to touch on as well. So uh, those are the four big problems that we're trying to fix. Um, but what you've been focused on is what, what do these other towns have that's really unique? Um, what is it that you know is making them great? And so what have you kind of – let's talk about the first list. Yeah, what yeah. have you been finding? So, so what I, how I've approached this is complete data science perspective. What do these towns have? and just jot them down. I'm also working on a huge spreadsheet that has different points on whether they're outdoors, arts, food, different things, and checking them off if they apply so we can have a matrix of what these towns have. Yeah. So the first list we looked at is that I've dove into is the 2019, it's called, it has two names. It, it's most on the website, Travel and Leisure, which is a massive magazine um, and one of the most influential magazines in the world. Um, it has... Uh, it's called the 10 most charming towns in America. If you Google it, it will come up the 10 uh, most uh, up and coming towns in America. Okay. Um, but just travel and leisure, uh, 10 most charming towns or 10 most uh, up and coming towns, you can find the list. And this would be a great magazine to get a part of. Virtually everyone in the hotel industry or uh, restaurants that get, that get mentioned in travel and leisure. Um, a lot of people read it. Um, it's in every airport, right? Huge magazine. Yeah. Uh, and hugely influential um, uh, magazine as well. It drives a lot of business and whatnot. I'll make sure to link that <laughs> article yeah. into the description of the video too so y'all can go check it out afterwards. But. So so it only has 10 towns, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, and all of these are very small towns. Some of these towns are smaller than Catanning. Yeah. Uh, and what I've did is I've went and looked at each different town and then I think at the end of the, each video, we want to pose a question. Right. A very good question came up um, as researching one of the towns in uh, in this list. Yeah. So if you want to, we can just go through the list. Yeah, absolutely. So the first town on the list is actually a town called Thomas, West Virginia. It is a small town of about 600 people. Wow. And it's actually not far from here. I've never been there, but people can go and and uh, visit it. And actually, this is it brings up a really good point. How did this town get on this list of 600 people in, in it's kind of below uh, Deep Creek, probably an hour south. Why did it get on this list? Well, if according to the article, it has a few local shops and it's right at the edge of uh, National Forest and there's lots of uh, outdoor stuff you can do there. So, so it's definitely an outdoor town, yeah. but it's a very clean uh, local town. There's a really uh, famous restaurant there that has live music. There's an art gallery there even. Um, but what happened was someone from the Washington Post, this is my theory on how this got on this person's radar. Yeah. So I Googled Thomas, West Virginia, and actually what came up was this town, in 2013, someone from the Washington Post, probably the second biggest newspaper in the country, did a story on Thomas, West Virginia, how they had live music, had this really local scene, right? Yeah. And that story led to, I believe, this writer picking it up as a very unique town. The one underlying character, characteristics of all these towns is they're extremely local, they support lo- they have u- unique local businesses. But the point here, I think, with Thomas is it got notoriety and publicity 
and that stuff snowballs, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, there's another town on this list that actually has a slogan of America's coolest town, yeah. right? And I think those that branding and these other articles. So even if Catania would get an article on, you know, we have all these restaurants now, right? Um, something like that about the great local food scene or, or different things about it, different aspects of town. Those things live out there now and other people come across them and then they get on the radar. Yeah. I always hoped that like some, some newspaper would pick up Summer Serve and be like, you know, this this town is like a community that really cares about the community, you know? Right, right. They really want to help, help each other. I would, I'd love for us to just be known as something like that and get some national story and, and start to snowball. Right. And I, I think the more stories we can get, right? Yeah. I mean, people ask me because I'm in marketing, like, how do I get my stuff to go viral, right? And it's really hard to do that. And it's, no, you've got to create a bunch of small stuff and hope hope that one goes, right? Right. Um, and, and, and that's really, we need to get more stuff out there. Um, it's really a, a content game. Uh, but Thomas, it's not far. It, it may be worth the trip for someone to check out. But again, a very unique local town um, and a really small town. But uh, it has, definitely has the element of outdoors, but has a lot of unique stuff, a nice couple of restaurants, and, and as I mentioned, an art gallery. I'm planning on going to Deep Creek at the end of the year, so, so maybe, maybe I'll make can, a video in Thomas, West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe you can go down and check this, check check it out. I feel like I need to, yeah. So, so the next town on the list is uh, Sadia, Colorado. Now, Colorado is like the place to live for young people now. Sure. And a lot of this is completely driven because of the outdoors. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have a challenge in some of the cases to compete with the outdoors amenities of some of these towns. Um, but Colorado is doing a really good job of attracting young people, attracting companies. Um, but they do have a little bit of advantage that they have unbelievable landscape. And it's a lot warmer in Colorado than people realize, too. People think snow. This yeah. town is actually in south... Um, western Colorado okay. uh, so it has more of a desert type climate um, and I would say this town is there because it's outdoors and it has a lot of people mo moving to the town Okay. Uh, again very clean town about 5,000 people uh, lots of local shops things along those lines the next town is High Falls New York it's the s smallest town list had 627 people in its last census wow um, it's upstate New York a couple hours drive from New York City south of Albany it has a very unique sense and a couple high-end restaurants, farm-to-table style restaurants. Yeah. That's it. Um, but again, a kind of unique local place that these restaurants got attention in New York City. Yeah. And they got picked up and the writer said, well, this is probably, I think a lot of these, if you know, a lot of these lists actually will have, they're spread out geographically, right? So they're yeah. not focused on. You know, I'm sure they only went to one town from Colorado, right? Yeah. So, um, Northeast, they see New York. This is within distance of New York. It's a good put, place to put on the list. But, it, again, it has its unique local food scene. Uh, so, I, I would say that. The final, Another town is Trubac, T-U-B-A-C, Arizona. 1,200 people. It is an artsy town. Mm -hmm. uh, pottery. They really take advantage of the, uh, of the southwestern culture. Yeah. And it's it's uh, uh, what I would consider 100% put on the map by its art scene. And I, I was telling you before, the one I went into this with no preconceived notions of what I'd find. Yeah. But what has shocked me to death is the art and culture aspect of these lists. Besides being local. Yeah. I I thought outdoors was going to be very big, and I thought food was going to be very big. Arts is bigger than food. 
yeah. to get in these lists. There's no doubt about it. Uh, arts might be bigger than outdoor amenities. Uh, arts and cultures seem to now have a have uh, these towns have a very bona fide claim to being an artsy town. They have galleries. They have create creative people. They have unique some things like unique furniture stores or uh, in this case in the, this town of Arizona it's really known for its pottery and it's bringing people from Los Angeles and Phoenix to go um, you know spend the weekend there yeah I was thinking about that you know you think about the arts community and I always think of you know New York City the Museum of Modern Art or you think of you know in local to us would be Pittsburgh you have the yeah. art museum and the Andy Warhol Museum and uh but it's interesting to see a town of 600 or 1,200 have this have a have a huge art scene. Yeah. And you think, well, we have 4,000 plus people here. Uh, why not? Why not Catania? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's an excellent point, and I think we're going to dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Some of these towns. The other town on the list is this town called Lostine, Oregon. It's a front. I would call a frontier. So it's Eastern Oregon, mm-hmm. right, going towards Idaho. Okay. Um, very outdoorsy right you got the um, r- rivers and mountains of Oregon um, but it's claimed the famous a, a really high-end person opened a furniture store there okay and it is bringing people from all around the Pacific Northwest to stop there's a lot of camps and, and summer homes and stuff in there but uh, in this town and around this town but this furniture store this is a small town um, really was a, a staple and a magnet to bring people in and get this to get this town on the map. Is it like custom furniture, like bespoke furniture, or what? Like unique stuff. Like um, I, I don't have the name written down, but uh, it's in the it's in the travel and leisure okay, okay. Uh, uh, article. Um, the name of the store. It's a designer, so I'm sure it's pretty high end. High stuff, end stuff, yeah. But okay. um, he made a go of it, and I think that you have enough people traveling through the town. And um, that it, it made a staple, and it is has just raised the profile of this little town in Oregon. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no problem. The next city is called North Adams, Massachusetts. And again, this is one that got put on the map because of art. It is home to the Massachusetts Contemporary Art Museum. Mm-hmm. That wasn't always the case. North Adams had these abandoned factories, and one of the ideas—I don't know the whole backstory—but but but what eventually came to be is um, they decided to create the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. There's all types of art, right? <laughs> uh, but contemporary art, and they created a really cool spot, and it has brought in artists, it has brought in restaurants, and it's brought in a whole identity to this town. So now there's tons of local shops. Uh, it's a town of about 13,000 people. Um, New England town. Um, they had, I think, what I my sense was a fairly good kind of good architecture, a nice base. Mm-hmm. But bringing in this art museum, taking a rundown factory, bringing in this art museum, has put the town on a whole new level. Yeah, I remember. I think I read the the, the story on that town. They had a they got some kind of grant to originally do the museum, but mm-hmm. then there was just like that one spark. That one spark just yeah. was a catalyst for this entire community change. Yep. Uh, it's good stuff. Hmm. So the next town, if we're going through the list by name, is Paducah. But it's the, to me, it's the most interesting. So I'm going to move that to the last. Sure, sure. Litsa, PA is the, the, the next town after that, which has the moniker of America's coolest small town. It's mm-hmm. in Lancaster County. Lancaster County is a very unique and nice place to live. Yeah. Uh, it's known for, obviously, the food. 
um, and the Amish and the furniture and everything there. But Litza is super local. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dove into what their chamber, their chamber of commerce at Litza has done a, a, a ton of uh, interesting things, um, helping promote people to move to the town. Uh, they've teamed up with the real estate agents. Um, they have a really good ecosystem, but is super hyper local. Lots of local shops, um, local restaurants, and local boutique stores. Um, and the town is, from my understanding, I've never been there actually, and it's in PA. Yeah. A, an immaculate uh, town, um, and they've really worked. Uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce they have a beautiful website. It's one of the best small town websites I've seen, and they really promote the town, and they've gravitated toward this slogan, America's Coolest Town. Right. Not Most of these towns don't, I thought there'd be a lot of niche towns. Yeah. But a lot of these towns um, aren't so niche that they that they're just either big in arts, outdoors, or something. But they don't. This slogan might be something we could consider putting a slogan to at least help us get some publicity. But it is it is uh, I think it's helped them. But they've the town has gravitated towards this um, kind of local uniqueness, and uh, it's made it really uh, a really great place to live. And it is a it is a in Pennsylvania and we're containing right where we struggle our population has gone down country's population has gone up let's say is a town that it, people are, are moving into okay uh, and it is a place where property values are are definitely going up it is a desirable place to live it's not far from DC Baltimore Philadelphia even Harrisburg but um, they've done a really good job with this town and it's made it a magnet for, for families wanting to live there as well yeah I wonder how much is, um, you know, like kind of the perception is the is the reality. The more that you can create kind of this positive uh, positive feel of your of your town, the more it becomes a magnet. Because uh, I think you know, for so long, Katanning, the only the only story you'd ever hear out of Pittsburgh about Katanning would have been like a murder that happened here or something, you know, something terrible that happened in Armstrong County. And I just wonder. Um, these these small towns have kind of taken it upon themselves to begin marketing themselves, not relying on Philadelphia to yeah. market. Uh, you know what is it? Let's Litza, yeah. um, to market them, but allowing the, their own chamber of commerce to kind of create their own marketing machine of coolest small town. So one of these things that I'm finding because I go back and I look at the town see if they have a website. These towns are really good at marketing. Yeah. You know I'm going to bring it up at DKI. We need to do a much better job of selling our our, our town. Right. Right. And their marketing is getting them publicity right um in food magazines the you know philadelphia papers things like that right you know look at katanning katanning has i think more restaurants now than any city in per capita than any city other than san francisco yeah it's a beautiful why it has a riverfront um but our population has gone down and the perception is 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 pretty low right um and i think a lot of that has to do with really poor marketing yeah or no marketing at all right um, and in a, in, from a business perspective, is you have to tell your your story. Right. <laughs> um, and the, the business community is getting this. That's why they're hiring. I think twenty years ago there was three times more journalists than there are now. All those journalists have moved to the business community because the business is are, are telling their own story. Right. They're they've hired all the journalists, but it's very important that we tell our story, and that's something we've never done. Yeah. And I think we're trying to to to, to tell the story. Right. So. Three more towns. One's McLeod, California. It's a town of 1,100 people. It is in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Beautiful country. I was just in that area recently. Um, it's an outdoors town. Yeah. It's a nice, clean town. They they have an art gallery. Of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one's on the list because of outdoors. And some of these things, like 
look, we don't have the Sierra Nevadas or we don't have, you know, the Rocky Mountains in Catani. Some of that we have to understand that some of these towns are just a little bit blessed by their geography. Yeah. And not that we have horrible geography. Yeah, I think our geography <laughs> is actually wonderful. Someone from that's not from here, I think when everyone else comes here, they say, wow, what a beautiful place. Because if you're from, like me, I'm from the Midwest. Now, I, I lived on a, a lake, you know, the, the second half of my growing up life. But the first half of my life was just on the prairie in the Midwest. And to come to Pennsylvania, I was just, mm-hmm. like, shocked at how beautiful it was. Uh, you I, to me, this was mountains. Yeah. We're, we're in the mountains as far as I'm concerned, being from uh, the Midwest. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't think we have anything to be ashamed about, for sure. I wish the river was a little cleaner, you know. <laughs> I wish it was maybe more uh, appetizing to swim in. Uh, but other than that, I think we're, we're doing pretty good. Sorry, more, go ahead. No problem. Two more towns. Mount Dora, Florida. Yeah. Uh, there's no mountains there. <laughs> um, yeah, similar to Midwest. Huh? But... 12,000, 12,500 people. Mm-hmm. It is not far from Jacksonville. They revitalized their downtown and went very local mm-hmm. and were able to attract some very high-end restaurants. People start high-end restaurants. So it has an older-style Florida, Floridian feel. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very clean town, um, but food. Uh, this is a town that's really food and local, I would say, where it's defining characteristics. Yeah. Um, but really kind of revitalized into... Uh, really quaint Americano or Flor- Floridian type of town. <laughs> yeah. And then the final town that we wanted to talk to talk about is the largest town on the list. I think it's the most interesting town. And certainly, I think it posed the most questions for me. Yeah. And it's called Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah. What got It's on this list, and what got what got on my radar is Paducah, Kentucky is, is, is recognized by the United Nations, UNESCO. And I think people in this country have a bad vibe on the UN. Yeah. But if you travel the world, the 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 most desirable places are all like UNESCO places, yeah. right? Like it's where you want to go. Yeah, UNESCO um, like World Heritage sites and so all that kind of stuff. UNESCO the UN through UNESCO named Paducah a creative city for this is it's been they have every year they come up with a creative city list, right? Yeah. Now, first, first thing, like, well, how do we get on this list, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and are there other lists like this that we could be a member of, right? Just being on this list, now you can go on the UNESCO site mm-hmm. and Paducah, Kentucky, along with Milan, Italy, and you know, great cities around the world, right? <laughs> There's like five ta- five cities in America. Uh, Paducah is one of them. Yeah. Paducah is by far the smallest. Yeah. And you have you know your your great cities of the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's about 30 or 40 UNESCO creative cities. Yeah. And Paducah, Kentucky is on this list. That's wild. So how did this happen? Yeah. So here's the backstory of I've been able to research this. Paducah, Kentucky, town about 25,000. In the 70s and 80s, it was extremely run down. Yeah. Um, and they had similar problems, very high drug rates um, and very high abandoned, uh, abandoned um, property rates. Mm-hmm. So most of the towns in this list, I think a lot of the, a lot of this effort has been done, which is encouraging from a private sector standpoint, that these towns, the, the city councils essentially just did their stuff and forced, you know, had their codes in line and um, were well policed, et cetera. But they weren't, they didn't drive, uh, drive it, right? A few places there was some government spark like North Adams. Yeah. But some of these towns just... You know, the city did what it needed to do kind of quietly, and the private sector 
did the rest. Right. This one in Paducah was very interesting because it, it was a collaboration of city and private sector. Yeah. So the city had a lot of foreclosures on its hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they went to the property owners and said, well, we'll take your building, get rid of your taxes, and we'll take your building. Yeah. So they were looking at a way to actually revitalize the town. And someone came up with the idea is we should sell these properties. The best type of people we could get in the town is artists because they will revitalize town. They will create businesses, mm-hmm. creatives. So they came up with the criteria that an artist could apply to get one of these houses or buildings. Yeah. And they would sell them to them at a dollar. Yeah. Now, I mean, you could take this model. It could be a family. It could be, right? It could be a chef, right? You could do this in various ways. Yeah. Um, but the other key factor here is they got a local bank, right, uh, to actually say, to give these artists loans that you could not get anywhere where else. Right. I think the loans were two percent. Yeah. Um, so the city took the took the brought in the buildings. They sold it if they went through clear, like a committee, or you had to apply. I think the first year they sold it to fifteen artists, and the next year twenty, and they eventually sold eighty buildings or eighty homes to artists. Yeah. Right. For, from my understanding, a dollar. Yeah. The, the artists could then go to this bank and all these homes needed fixing up, right? Right. They could get a ridiculously cheap loan to put fifty or $60,000 in there. Yeah. And what has happened to Paducah, Kentucky is it is now um, an art city, yeah. right? It has restaurants. It has all these artists, all these art galleries. The artists created a school uh, that kind of grew up from the grassroots, an art school now in Paducah. Right. Um, and now it's internationally known for art. Yeah. And again, not drastically near any major cities in the middle of the country. So it's not, you know, doesn't have the East Coast or West Coast money to kind of finance it or, or, or drive people. It built this art culture through this unique program. Yeah. Um, and it's unbelievable. It's, it, it is, I think, and there's lots of stories about this. You can Google it online about how it turned around, but yeah. it did it through this arts. But arts was the vehicle. The problem they were trying to fix was the exact same problem you're trying to fix. Yeah, blight and poverty. It was blight and and foreclosed buildings. Yep, exactly. And so I, I just I think it's really interesting as you kind of go through the list and you start to tell these stories. Like the local governments, like you said, weren't the drivers of the actual, you know, the, the total project, but they were, they had to, the local leaders had to set the vision, right? Mm-hmm. So in a place like Paducah, uh, you know, they had to say, "Hey, w- this is what we who we want to yeah. be." Uh, and just like I said, for Katianning, I think who we want to be is we, you know, we want to be on the greatest small towns in America list. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't know what that's going to look like yet, and hopefully we'll f- flesh that out over our eight conversations. But when they chose the artists, then it then it doesn't become you know, oh we can't we can't do that or we can't. It's how are we going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's why vision is so incredibly important. And the other thing you, we talked about a little bit before too was um, the, the one in California, or uh, the Lake Tahoe one. Well, I, I, we talked about Lake Tahoe before. It wasn't yeah. on the list. There's oh, it's not Mc, on this there's list. There's McLeod, okay. California, which is a Sierra Nevada town. Yeah, okay. 
So we, you were talking a little bit about how they do codes enforcement and how, how clean places were. Yeah. Ta- speak a little bit more about that. Well, I know that in South Lake Tahoe, in every rental, every fee is like $1,000. Yeah. Right? So if you have a car parked not in a driveway, it is a $1,000 fee. They're adamant that they will enforce that. Right. Right. Every road is paved. And, um, you know, I said, I don't know anything about the government of South Lake Tahoe. Yeah. But I could open a business in South Lake Tahoe or buy a home there and feel like I don't have to worry about what's going on to move in next door right. or, you know, what issues my business is going to deal with, that they are committed to keeping the town clean and uh, in line, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and I think as our codes enforcement now, like, there's several hundred cases going through right now for our, from our codes enforcer. I think he's doing a fantastic job. And there's going to be this huge backlash uh, from local townspeople who are really upset about the $50 fine they got for the abandoned car that they had in their driveway for two years. And uh, I think we need to uh, we need to kind of change our mindset as far as the codes enforcer. Yeah. And uh, we have to really, we have to celebrate when that happens, even if it's our own house, <laughs> uh, because we have to understand it's part of the bigger process here is to, to, to you know, get things to the point where people aren't afraid to move here, where sure. business isn't afraid to come here. Sure. And that's going to that's gonna include codes enforcement on a mass level here in the beginning. And then hopefully uh, over time, that stuff's going to trickle down because we're not going to have the same issues that we have today. But I, I don't know. I just, um, I think right now the, the thought is that like us against them, yeah, like they're out to get me. And uh, that's the kind of mindset I think that we have as a town and we need to kind of create this collaborative mindset, like you said, hyper-local, where we're supporting our local government, we're supporting our local businesses to try to move the ball forward a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, the the reality is that every list, and this was the travel and leisure list, I've gone through the Smithsonian list last night and and various other lists. Yeah. These towns are super clean, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I, I venture to guess their fines are way more than what we oh, what yeah. you'd be levied, levied on in Catani, yeah. especially in California. But um, but there's a sense of pride. But I think that in some of these cases, you know, once there was a spark and there was cleaning up happening, right, that has snowballed into um, other towns um, cleaning their act up and other people uh, and other people and businesses within the town wanting to move in. Right. Right. I mean. Containing on paper, right? If you if you did like you know like they do like who's case for the Hall of Fame, where they put the blank picture of the pe- pe- person, they show this is this baseball stats, right? Right. And you could take Catanian stats, right? Cost of living, crime rate, all these different things, right? Put them against all these towns in America, right? And we would we would apply much better in a blind taste test, right? right? And a blind test, right? Yeah. But but when you put Catanian on there, there's the there's a negative connotations, right? Um, but I think if we can clean up some of the stuff, clean up the image, do the marketing that these mm-hmm. towns are good at, I think that would that would help. Yeah. But the arts thing is really is what caught me off off guard mostly on this list, and I think I think each list we wanted to do a takeaway, mm-hmm. at least ask a question about what we could do from an arts perspective. Yeah. I think that would be a phenomenal uh, question for today's show. Yeah, that's a huge uh, that's a huge takeaway. I mean. How would you pose that as a question? Would it be like? Well, my question is, we... what what can we what can Catanning to do? Can Catanning do? Yeah. To attract, to be more artsy or more culture. It might be bringing in a museum. It might be more street art. It might be, you know, Paducah's case was it was just an area of town. Right? Yeah. I know you're big on fixing up the Wick City area, right? Right. Yeah. And we could say Wick City, we're going to designate it as a a cultural 
haven or something along those lines, right? Right. And we're going to paint the sidewalks. You know, they do this, the, the street crossings down these towns, like all these different wild, like, 3D things, right? We could do things like that. We could do unique street signs. Yeah. And then we could take the foreclosed properties and sell them to artists, right? I mean, we could do different things. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on art um, and museums per se, but it's an interesting question to the listeners. What what can we do to increase our art scene? Yeah. And, you know, we have some history with Native American, uh, history with the French uh, and Indian War here. Yeah. We have um, just a lot of history in the countries happened here, right? Even the brickyards and things like that. So there's there's some unique niches that we could potentially angle to. Mm-hmm. But pretty blank open canvas, so to speak, right? What can we do from an art perspective? Because one thing is clear, right? If... The arts and culture is attracting investments. It's attracting people. It's attracting notoriety. It seems like it has a huge tie into people wanting to open other businesses, particularly restaurants around it. Yeah. Uh, and it's affecting, certainly affecting tourism. So uh, four or five of these towns in this 10-person list have invested heavily in the art scene. Um, maybe that's not right or maybe it's wrong for Catania. I don't know. But it would be that's the question. What can Catania do? To be more uh, uh, more artsy. Yeah, absolutely. It's very broad, so I'd love to hear, hear that. Yeah, so put your uh, put your answers in the comments there, uh, and uh, and hopefully, I know we've talked about a couple of different small art projects that we could maybe do as a as a test market, and so hopefully we'll have maybe some more updates on that the next time that this comes around. But uh, yeah, very interesting because I did not expect that either. I was expecting kind of like these beautiful towns or the a town that had some factory that had been there for 150 years that was some mainstay, and that doesn't seem to be yeah. the case the, at all. The interesting thing about this is none of these, n- nowhere in the list have I heard jobs. Now, I know that's a, another problem, challenge we have in Armstrong County in general, right? Sure. But the, these aren't towns that made the list because they have an employer, so to speak, right? right. These are towns that made the list because they, they're local, they're clean, people want to visit them, there's local places to eat, there's local arts, museums, and there's outdoors. This is kind of the overall theme of the uh, the list. Some towns have gone very niche, but for the most part, it's pr- pretty much in this area, yeah. s- which is very obtainable for Catania or, or any local town. Yeah. Okay. So uh, put your answers in the comments. Did we go we go long enough for today? You yeah, save some... probably too long. <laughs> I, I have all kinds of questions, but if we're was gonna... anything that caught your mind? I mean, this is because you haven't seen the list yeah. per se. Like I've d- d- dove into them. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, there's a few things that caught my mind. Uh, you know, I, I I love the idea of getting picked up as a national story, having that kind of one that spark mm-hmm. you know, that 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 kind of gets the ball rolling. Um, the other thing that stuck out to me was the furniture store. Uh, we talked about you know if you're going to open a high end bespoke furniture store you would think if you're in Oregon you're looking at Portland or you're looking at Seattle but the way that the economy is now uh, if someone has an idea like that and you live in Catanning right now you don't have to go to Pittsburgh to make that happen you can make it happen in a small town like Catanning and you you can change a whole city's story by your your idea and the way that marketing is these days you don't have to be in the big city to be able to market to the people in the big city they will, they will come to you if you have the proper yeah. marketing to... Be, because of Route 28. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And hopefully one day the trail, right? Yep. You could open a high-end anything, Catani, and pull from Pittsburgh if it was good enough. Yeah. Then the other thing that stuck out to me was our, our place in Kentucky, uh, Paducah. Getting, getting, small house, getting houses off the books. I know 
our city council and our codes enforcement is terrified by the idea that they would put a code or put a violation on a house and that they would somehow end up with the house because they don't want to take care of it. And I think of what an opportunity yeah. uh, that presents to be able to say, hey, uh, you know, put a Facebook ad out. Hey, Pittsburgh entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. is, uh, is it too expensive in your community to start your business? Catanning's right now offering you a house for a dollar. Yeah. If you'll come and promise to start a business within the first year, you get a one-year lease on the house for a dollar. And as long as you've started that business in the, in the first year, you get the, you get the title yeah. in 12 months. I mean, to, to take an idea like that and say, hey, here's 10 houses. We have them on the books. Now let's market it this way to entrepreneurs and get 10 new businesses started in town. I mean, that just like lights my fire, man. <laughs> well, I mean, Paducah took 80 properties, yeah. right? And you've read the articles and they're out there. The economic benefit, that that's hundreds of millions of dollars now. Right. And hundreds of jobs and hundreds of businesses. And, and, and it's raised the town, so it's been a better life for the, the people. Right. Right. So the, the ROI on that has been unbelievable. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when you create a culture of local small business, uh, you know, local small business wants to support local small business. It's like, you know, I, we always bought Folgers coffee yeah. at State Farm. Yeah. And you started roasting coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to buy East Biari coffee. Number one, it's a better product. <laughs> Uh, number two, the better taste. And yeah. uh, number three, I get to support a, a local sure. family. I get to support a guy that's right down the street from me with two young kids. And it's like this great story. Yeah. I want to see you succeed. Yeah. And the more of those kind of stories we can create in town, the better. Yeah. And I, the, the there's we talked arts, outdoors, but the one underlying thing is the localness. Yeah. And I always say it's the Austin effect. When I was talking to someone in Austin about why Austin, Texas attracts more young people than any town in America. They said it's very simple. We have a slogan. It's called Keep Austin Weird. Portland tried to steal it. Yeah. But what that slogan means is keep uh, the real meaning of that slogan is keep Austin local. local. Yeah. And that they have block parties when McDonald's leaves. If you walk through downtown Austin, you won't see chains. Yeah. And this person told me, I'm not even from Austin. I moved here. I run the whatever chain what whatever business group that was with. Yeah. Um and the first thing I said, this is they said, this is what beer you drink, this is what coffee you buy, this is where you shop, yeah. and this town more than any town is committed to the, the, the local people. Right. And it's Nashville has copied it, Portland has copied it, Lawrenceville has copied it, yeah. and um, it's that that desire to be local. Yeah. Um, which which every one of these towns, through every list has some uniqueness and some supportiveness of local, which is certainly the number one thing on the list. And then all those communities have some kind of art art community as well. And I don't know well, what... Well, I it... think because it's local and people know that they're going to be supported, yeah. the artists have gravitated towards those they cities. They want to be there too, right? yeah. Right, because opening an art gallery or do, being an artist is a risk. Right? Absolutely. But but they know that if they're gonna if you're gonna buy local food, right? Right. You're you're much higher probability of buying local art. Mm-hmm. So the localness has has gravitated the artist. Yeah. Which has added a whole new sense of culture and creativity to these towns. Yeah. And has made it into a destination. You know, Austin, Texas has 150 young people moving there a day. Right. Some of the most well educated people they can't build buildings fast enough. Um, but it really started with this commitment to local. It's brought the art in. But even cities like Paducah, Kentucky, which is the uh, an unbelievable blueprint, 
80 homes right. that went to artists that have completely revitalized the town. North Adams, Massachusetts is on the list. They focused on this one art museum. It's, it's spearheaded things. And then these other towns have been very local, and it has got things like a furniture store to yeah. pop up that is attracting people from all over the country. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Uh, so, guys, please connect with this. Uh, put to put your comments down below, and uh, we'll continue this conversation next time. we got seven more lists to go through. Uh, we'll continue on the Greatest City in the World podcast, and uh, we'll keep driving towards Catanning 300. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun, and I'd love to hear people's thoughts on the, what we can do to be more, more artsy here in Catanning. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. Thank, Thank you, you for Andrew. joining me. Thank you. See you all in the next one.